Thank you, Abel. <laughs> How are you all doing? Good, good. It's great to see you all here. And, uh, you know, just thinking about this series, you know, um, uh, and of course, it's about one another and just uh, what scripture says about this idea of how we treat one another and relate to one another. You know, don't ever forget there's this beautiful gift and vision that Christ has for all of us, for what we have in relationships, what we have in one another. Like, like there's something really wonderful and beautiful uh, in the vision of what Jesus thought of in uh, once out of his church. Um, and yet at the same time, I think about the beauty of that and the wonder of that. It's also a hard thing at times too, isn't it? Right? Relationships aren't always that easy. Um, and so, and I was even reminded of that uh, this week. I, my sister and I were talking and she reminded me of this great uh, childhood uh, story that we laugh about now, uh, but back then we did not. Um, when, uh, when we were really young and we were just at that age where my mom and dad, you know, they could leave the house and leave the two of us uh, there. Um, and we would only almost burn down the place, you know. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to age myself here pretty bad. Um, that was back when you would watch TV and there was like only three channels that you could watch. And of course, even with just three channels, uh, brothers and sisters can get in fights over what to watch. So like if you're a younger person, you said, yeah, we get into fights, but there's like 500 channels to watch. You can get in fights over three channels. Uh, you know, if there was only two channels, we could have gotten in fights uh, over it. And on one particular occasion, uh, we had gotten into a fight over it. And, uh, you know, she would put it on her channel and I'd put it on, you know, my channel. And again, this uh, is also back when there wasn't a remote control. It was a knob on the TV and you would rotate it to your channel. <laughs> That's how long ago this was. And uh, I was so furious with her, like she's, you know, because I'm the big brother and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my power and my authority and my, you know, uh, everything. So um, she had switched it over her channel and then I switched it back to my channel and I just took the knob off. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, I thought I was so smart and cool and I'm sitting on the couch and just like, you know, I get to watch my channel. Well, I think by this time, this sort of thing had happened enough that Julie was like, I've had it, right? I like, I've just, I'm not gonna let this rest. She went and found a fly swatter. Yeah, this, it all goes south, right? She goes and finds a fly swatter um, to demand back the knob and to, you know, change the channel back. And of course I wasn't gonna give the knob back. Um, and when she uh, tells the story, she's like, and I knew you were going to take that fly swatter away from me and you were going to hit me with it. But by golly, I was going to get in at least one good hit before, you know, she, it didn't matter how many times you got me back with the fly swatter. And sure enough, I did. And she got, you know, she, you know, she got in her one good shot and then I took it back, you know, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I repaid it multiple times. Right. And then I still got to watch uh, my show in this uh, uh, whole thing. And I think back on that and it's like, so, you know, I love my sister, right? It's like, how did it get to that place? And it begs this kind of question that in relationships, what's always going to happen is there's going to be a moment 
where we don't like what someone else does, right? We're going to say to ourselves, I don't like what you're doing right now. I don't like what you're saying. I don't like your politics. I don't like your beliefs here. I don't like how you handled that. I don't like, right? We're going to have those things. And so part of it is like, okay, so, so then what, right? I want you to think of a moment right now. Think of a moment where there's somebody in your life um, and, and you don't like how they're handling something right? It's aggravating. It makes you angry, you know? Um, and maybe it's somebody you love. Maybe it's somebody uh, that's close to you. Maybe uh, it's not. Maybe, maybe it's a customer service uh, person that you recently was, you know, at, their, at, at an office someplace or out to dinner or something. And you're just like, the way they treated me, it just like aggravated me, right? And we've all felt that moment. Or maybe it was with a coworker, who became passive aggressive uh, with you or made a condescending remark. And it's just like, right? And just, and the question is, what do I do when I don't like what you do in that moment, right? When you're the one that makes that remark. Um, maybe you see a social media post and you're just like, oh, I can't believe they'd say that or think that, right? And it's, what do you do? in that moment. Um, or maybe it's a family member, right? Uh, you know, how many of you have ever gotten into an argument with a brother or sister? You know, yeah, that's yeah. And probably the only people not raising their hands are people that don't have a brother or sister, right? Yeah, because it just, it's like, it goes without saying. It's even with the people uh, that we uh, love. And so I wanna talk about this question. What do I do when I don't like what you do? Because you're, you're going to face that with the people around you, maybe even the person next to you right now. So little exercise, just turn to someone around you and just say, what do I do, right? Do that right now. Turn to someone right now and just say, ask God, what do I do, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, wow. And like the last service, you, the conversations keep going. I've not even hardly gotten into my sermon yet. Okay. It's, just, it's, it's like, right. There's something there with uh, all of this. What do I do when I don't like what you do? Um, and we're going to look at this passage found in Ephesians uh, chapter four. And it's one of these passages that talks about a one another. What I love about this particular passage is it's gonna, it's gonna lay out kind of like two roads, two different pathways that we can find ourselves uh, on. And I wanna look at these because one pathway is, it's like a worldly pathway. It's, it's the one that we most naturally go to oftentimes we find ourselves in. But then Paul's gonna turn around and say, but, but here's the thing that we're called to. Here's another path that actually leads into experiencing more and more that gift, that vision of that beautiful thing that, that God wants us to have with uh, one another in this. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter four, and uh, we're gonna read verses 31 and 32, because that's, that's the verses we're gonna cover this morning. So Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 says this, says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. 
Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Now, I think oftentimes we can read a passage like that and we just go, oh, that was nice. Yeah, don't do all that really mean stuff and just be really nice. But, uh, and that's true. But what I want to point out this morning is I think, I think there's something that he lays out here that can be really helpful and really practical. And that's, that's what I want to do here. So he starts off and there's this idea, right? In verse 31, where he goes through this list of things, but maybe, and I don't know this for sure, but I see a progression to this list. And I don't know if Paul intended this or not, but I see a kind of progression to this that I want you to think of as a road or a path that we can take. So, right. If, uh, if this is you, right. And in life you're, you know, cruising along and you run into one of those issues, right? There's someone in your life that you feel the the tension in there. I think he walks through a kind of progression here. He starts off with this idea of bitterness, right? And when we think about bitterness, um, think about bitterness. It's referring to an internal thing. Bitterness is something that we, right? It, it's, it's what's going on inside of us. It may be that people around you could read some, if you're you know, experiencing bitterness with someone, maybe they would read that, but not necessarily. It's, it's, it's just, there, there's an interaction you had with someone and it's left this like bitter taste in your mouth. And it's easy oftentimes for us to have moments like that and just let it go, Right? But there's this thing where letting it go, oftentimes it doesn't just automatically get better, does it, right? There's something about bitterness. When he talks about bitterness here, it's like bitterness left unchecked has this way of putting down roots, of growing a little bit uh, in this. And I want you to, again, I want you to think of it as this this kind of path Uh, that we find ourselves on. And he's gonna, and as you see this, I think you're gonna see this downward path uh, that goes on to this. So this thing kind of begins to grow in us. And you might say, okay, how do I know if if I've got some bitterness going on with me somewhere inside? Here's Here's a great way to tell. I want you to think about an argument you had with that person, right? Where you, like you had an argument with that person. Now, was that person actually there? Like, were you in the shower arguing with them and you're all by yourself? You're driving to work or school and you've like, and you're rehearsing the things you're going to say. And you like, and and isn't it amazing how we usually win those arguments? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'd say is maybe if you're having arguments with that person when they're not there, there might be a little bitterness uh, in there, right? And it's, and it's not, it's not like the end of the world but it tells you something like there's something in there uh, going on. And so I just want to ask like, where are you at in that? Is there, is there something where you're just like, there's something nagging that tastes bitter, like in a relational way with someone that, that I maybe care about or that I have to work with um, in there. The next thing he does is he talks about rage and we see rage and we're like, rage, that's like, nah, that's, boy, that he's gotten extreme really, really fast in there. Um, but this word that gets translated rage, oftentimes it gets translated um, anger. 
Sometimes it gets translated wrath. Sometimes it's used interchangeably with the next word we're going to look at here, which in most of our Bibles is translated anger or wrath or rage. Like it, it's, it gets a little convoluted because this word thumos in Greek, it's the Greek word thumos. There's not a good English word that that by itself captures what this word is. So let me explain it to you just a little bit. Thumos is, it is a deep internal kind of thing that is going on. In fact, sometimes in the Bible, there are instances where it gets translated as spirit, okay? Um, it's, it is, think of it as like these deep, intense inner, like energy that you have over something. This isn't just a little bit of bitterness that you're, that you're just like, oh, that's kind of gnawing at me or I don't like that. This thumos is where like it becomes intense. You start feeling it in a very deep way. Oftentimes when we experience thumos, it's that kind of thing. It's, it has such energy. It's like it starts impairing our ability to see that other person uh, clearly, right? Because we, f- we feel what's happening at such a deep level uh, on this. So uh, if you're just uh, like me, you can experience some thumos and still have a smile on the outside right? Because this is primarily like an internal kind of thing. You can smile, but on the inside, like be gritting your teeth. And the thing I want to say about this one, why this is so important is because it's, it's like uh, there's an internal forest fire going on with you over some issue or something with somebody in your life, right? Think of for a moment when I asked you like that person, I bet if I were to say with that person, if I were to say, what's the thing they do, right? You'd be like, gets a, and, and maybe it's how they talk to you. Maybe it's how they, right, do or don't uh, clean up around the house, right? Maybe, you know, this is between parents and kids and there's a moment where it's just like, I love my mom and dad, but man, they just, oh, they drive me crazy. And you've got this deep energy in there that's going on. And if that's the case, maybe there's something going on in there, even if there's a smile on your face on the outside. Now, he goes to the next word that uh, in my translation is anger. And um, uh, the word used uh, for uh, anger here, uh, orge, is like the typical word we use for anger. When you think of anger in English and in our culture, this is primarily that word, which means it has a little bit more of an outward expression. People are gonna read that off of you. But also think of it this way. Orge whole, it's, it becomes a kind of operating system. It just, it becomes a way of approaching an issue or a person. Um, here's how you can kind of tell, like if, if you've got a little bit of this that you're struggling with in some ways. Um, think about a moment where um, maybe you were with a group of people and you all, you all agreed about some issue. Let's say it's politics, right? And you're having a, a political discussion and everyone in your group believe the same thing. You're in agreement, but you all still sound very angry in that moment, right? It's become like an operating system. And it's just like, you're not mad at anyone else in the group, but, but there's like a kind of anger that's being expressed 
because somewhere there's something, right, that's cooking underneath and there's some energy in it. And even when you're around people that you don't take offense with on it, there's like, there's still something that's coming out, right? Or maybe it's the thing you can't hold back at moments, right? Um, you walk into the kitchen and you asked your teenager to do something and they didn't. And you're just like, and there's some comment, there's something you say, right? Something you do, right? You move the dishes around a little rougher than normal or something. That's orge. That's anger, right? Where, like, we all have these moments uh, in there. Um, then he goes to, and I love this one, um, brawling. Yeah. And it's like brawling. What in the world is he? You know, when we think of brawling, we, we think of like UFC, right? I'm going to put you in a chokehold. I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to, right? We think of brawling as getting very physical. Um, but this actually comes from the Greek word that means to cry out or shout. Um, primarily what is being meant here is that there's your anger. And do you notice the pattern here? the expressions are becoming more and more outward in some way. And here what's happening with brawling is it's like, you're now gonna say words in some way. You're not, it, this isn't gonna just be, you know, um, an insinuation. This is like, you're gonna, you're gonna yell. Or, you know, we also have a way of carrying this out that isn't yelling. It doesn't even have to use vocal words. Um, you can use a keyboard. To accomplish this, can't you? It can be the thing that you, you know, post on social media. It can be with your nonverbals, right? We, we're really good at sending really strong uh, nonverbals at times that are shouting something in that moment. And maybe you find yourself where, um, uh, well, have you ever had a moment where you thought you were keeping like your anger or your frustration concealed. And there, so Angie will do this with me um, in a loving kind way, usually, right? Um, I'll be mad at her about something. And she'll go, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. She's like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's like, I can read your face, right? And I realize in this moment, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in that spot because <laughs> I can say really kind words, but she's looking at my face and my nonverbals are saying, I'm mad at you right now, right? That happens. That happens. Ever have a moment where there's someone around you who just goes, okay, I, I know you're angry. Why do you say that? Because well, your face is shouting it right now. Say, yeah. What do we do when, when we don't like what the other person's doing? And, and, this is like this road that we go on. Um, the next one uh, that he does on here is uh, he uses the word slander. And again, we think of slander like making false statements or whatever. In the Greek, um, the, and I always forget the Greek word for this. It's, um, let me think of it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, blasphema. So what English word do you think we get from that, from blasphemy? Blasphemous, Yeah. So think of this is, and again, uh, it, it can be using words, but it can be using actions or other things. It's, it's, you're now denigrating the other person. Your anger's reached a point 
where you're, you're saying or doing or treating that other person in a way that is denigrating, that is belittling, that, that is doing something hurtful in that moment, right? And do you see like the pattern of what's happening uh, with all of this? And I bring all of this up because like we find ourselves in these spots. You know, a, a, we've probably all experienced this. If you've been a part of a church for any length of time, you've probably had a moment or two where maybe there was like a prayer meeting, right? Or we're gonna, we're gonna let's take some prayer requests right now, right? And all of a sudden, um, the prayer request time actually just becomes a way to gossip about other people. But you know, if you do it in the name of we're praying for them, it just feels like, but isn't this okay? It's like spiritual pixie dust, right? It's a way to gossip um, and it's legal or something. But the truth is, the truth is, we're probably saying something because we're judging or we're feeling frustrated with them. And, and maybe we don't realize it in the moment, or maybe we do, right? But that's what's happening. That's what's going on with all this. And, and, and honestly, what he's describing here, this is just normal, right? This is how the world works in so many ways. Uh, he goes on, he gives uh, one more in this. He uh, Look back at verse 31, right? So he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with, and, right, and so he's saying, let go of these things. Just let, let go of these things. Then he goes, along with every form of malice. And he uses malice here to kind of wrap up this whole thing. It becomes a little bit of kind of a litmus test in all of this. Um, because the word malice captures the idea, and I'll write it over here, it captures the idea um, of intent, of intent. And it's, my intent is, is not good. My intent is not to do what is helpful or just or right. My intent, there's a part of my intent, I just, I want you, I want you to hurt. I want you to get your just desserts in this, right? When my sister uh, hit me with the fly swatter, right? In that moment, it wasn't about like, well, I'm gonna have to take that away to protect myself. I'm gonna, it was, oh, oh, she's gonna pay for this, right? And it wasn't about even anymore, right? It was, it's, it's just, you, you reach a point where my sister, who I love, right? I cherish my sister. Um, but in that moment, how, like, how did I tumble down to a place where it's just like, she's gonna pay for, I can't believe, how dare her, like, you know, go and get a fly swatter. How dare her change the channel on me? There's just, right? And, right, and we go down this thing where all of a sudden I'm blinded to what I contributed uh, in this whole thing. I'm beginning to see her like in one way, right? And at the end of the whole thing, how did I end up sitting on the couch very smug, feeling very self-righteous while watching the channel I wanted to watch while I'm holding the knob in one hand and the fly swatter in the other, right? It's just, well, it's just, you, you just find yourself down that road, right? And here's what I want to say with this. That's just part of being human. We all get hooked and triggered, right? Every one of these is connecting to something that bothers us, that hurts us, that, that, it, it pokes at our sense of injustice in some way. But it takes us away from the beautiful thing that Jesus wants for all of us in, in this, right? It's interesting. If you think about when you tumble all the way down 
to malice. Um, you know, sitting there on the couch with the fly swatter and the knob, um, I, I wasn't in the good and beautiful place. No matter what I thought at that moment, like I was a slave, I was in bondage to my own journey. And so the question is, how do we find a different way? And this is where I think Paul isn't just um, saying, let me tell you about a lofty idea. I think when he engages in these one another's here, I think he's actually saying, can I give you a different road to travel when you're asking the question, what do I do when I don't like what you do? Because we're all going to be there. Sometimes with people we're close to, sometimes people we're not close to, but what do we do in those moments? So um, I want you to look back uh, at, at verse 31 here, or verse 32, excuse me. And then I want to just walk out these three things that he has here, right? Verse 32, he says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. So I want you to think about these as just steps, right? There's an easy way to think uh, about this. Um, and it starts with, right? If, if I'm on this road, I can just peel off, right? And, and the first step is kindness. It's be kind. That's the first step is to be kind. Um, the word that Paul uses in the Greek here uh, for uh, being kind or kindness is a very general term. It, it embodies a lot of different uh, things. It means to be benevolent. It means to be nice or polite. It means to not attack uh, with your words. There's a way to get your point across without harming the other person. And, and kindness is, is trying to find that sort of thing. Uh, uh, years ago, um, I had the great fortune uh, to uh, travel in Africa for a little bit. And I'd been traveling through a number of different airports and, and um, borders and things. And at one of the airports, one of the officials took some paperwork and didn't give me all of the paperwork back. And so I was missing part of my paperwork until I went to get on my next flight. And all of a sudden, I, I'm figuring out what had happened. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, like this is you know, what am I going to do? And I'm, you know, the flight after this, I'm going across another border and it's, and I'm trying to go through all this stuff. And uh, there was an African man that I had met like a week earlier. Um, and he was there with me and he under, in fact, he figured out what happened first. He's like, oh man, like, you know, earlier, um, that person didn't give you your paperwork back or all of your paperwork back. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and I'm feeling the tension of this thing, right? And so he gave me some of the best advice. I'll never forget what uh, he said. He kind of saw this whole thing unfolding. Um, and he said to me, he said, I want you to remember this. Politeness is the rule in Africa. Yes. Just right or wrong, politeness is the rule in Africa. And he said, uh, <laughs> he said this, he was great. He goes, um, you can be right and never see your luggage ever again. Yeah. <laughs> you can be right and spend the rest of today, maybe tomorrow in this airport and I'll be gone, right? I'll be, I'm catching my flight, right? Um, or you can be polite and watch what happens with that. And that's kind of what kindness is in this whole thing. And by the way, um, when I talked with another official about this, um, I followed his advice 
And I, and I just, I acted with kindness in that moment. And I got all my luggage and I was able to catch my flight and move uh, forward. And, and I think it's interesting here that what Paul is saying is, um, let kindness be a rule. Let kindness be a first step. And I remember getting on the plane and thinking, you know, uh, politeness isn't just the rule in Africa. Politeness is the rule in most of the world, I think. It goes a long ways, uh, doesn't it? Um, you know, in the coming days, you're gonna, you're gonna face moments where you're gonna feel hooked, you're gonna feel wrong, you're gonna feel hurt by somebody. And you're gonna have a choice about what road you can start walking out in this. And what Paul is saying is, so when you begin to interact with that other person, choose kindness, find a way to act in kindness. Uh, let, let me give you one way to apply this. Um, and, and I'll put it this way. Kindness is, kindness is making a request instead of a demand. Kindness is making a request instead of making an assumption about the other person, right? As I got in line uh, to talk to that official, there was a part of me, a part of me that wanted to blame another official. Talk about like, you know, you and your colleagues and what you didn't do and you missed this and just, and right, there's a place. But kindness, kindness is making a request. I don't have my paperwork and I know I need it can you help me get the paperwork I need? That's my request. And I'm going to do it without blaming. I'm going to do it without uh, a demand. I'm just, I'm going to make a request uh, in this moment. Um, and when you think about this, making the re request, here, here's an underlying question you can ask with this. What do you really want? What do you really want, right? That's what that guy was asking me that day before uh, I went out and talked to the official. Do you want to get on your next flight with all your luggage? Or do you want to stay here and argue it out and be proven right? Maybe you can prove yourself right. But is that what you really want? Or is there something else you want? And I think this is where in those moments where we feel hurt and we're so frustrated, coming back to the beautiful vision of what a gift of relationships can be that Jesus is opening us up to. Part of it, it's coming back to that. It's just saying, for as much as I feel hurt by that person, I know there's this beautiful gift, whether it's with my parents or my kids or my colleagues or my friends or my spouse. Like, God, help me get to that place. Kindness, kindness. And, and you can apply this. Think about it in this way. Maybe there's a coworker who missed something, right? There was an email that you really needed. They were supposed to send it to you and they didn't, right? Kindness, kindness can simply be going back and saying, I, I'm going to make a request here. Can you, can you send that to me? Can, can you send me another? And, I, and not go into all the other things that are in there. Uh, let, let me just get a, a little more dicey with it. Let's say there's a conversation that's happening repeatedly in your family, maybe your extended family, and it's about politics, right? And I know most of us can't relate to that, but you know, that's a little bit of a touchy subject these days in our culture. And you find that maybe some people in your family don't have the same views as you do on this stuff. And there's a conversation that goes to a place that hurts. 
It goes to a place that makes you angry and frustrated. You've got some thumos going on on that issue, right? And it wants to go down that direction. You know what you can do? You, you can do a couple of things. It, you can have an act of kindness where you make a request to say, hey, when we do talk about politics, here's my request, is that we stick to talking about the positive side of what we believe in or the candidate or whatever it is on our side, the hopes and dreams of that and not about attacking the other side. Because my request is, let's, let's do that because it feels like I'm attacking you and you're attacking me in this. So let's leave that part out of it. And maybe you're sitting here going, Glenn, that is so sweet. But in my family, that would last for 90 seconds. And then it's like, right? So you can make this request. Let's not talk about politics. Yeah, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to say, hey, you know what? Where this goes, it doesn't, it doesn't bring me to a place that, that connects me with you, that makes me feel good about you, that like, and there's so much more to you and me than the politics. So can I make a request that we, we, for now, we just leave politics out of it and let's find a way to talk about other things. Now, it's a request and they may say no. You may say, but Glenn, you know, they're gonna be like, no, and they're gonna, you know what? It was still so kind of you to make the request because you were treating them, right? Not you know, not in this way of narrowing the story about them, not in like, you were actually honoring them as a human being in a beautiful way. And maybe you need to come back and set a boundary or something with that, but make a request um, with kindness. Um, next thing he talks about here um, is compassion, right? Kind and compassionate. So he talks about, so as we think about this right here, I want you to think about this one. The next one on this is compassion. And when you think about compassion, um, think about compassion um, in a way that is, you're generating something about how you're going to see and think about the other person. And maybe it doesn't come right away, but, but how do you create a different way to view this person? It's interesting, the Greek word for, for compassion um, uh, comes from uh, two words that means um, like healthy intestines. Yeah, and you're like, that's just gross, right? And it is kind of gross. But um, and even back in the first century and centuries prior to that, people understood even back then that our emotions are connected to our physical bodies. And they understood that in our guts, in our, in in our intestines, we feel our emotions, right? And so there are Greek words that capture the idea of like when we feel the tension and the everything, but we also understand what it feels like to be in that much better place with somebody. And so what does it mean? Another way to think about uh, compassion then is to have like those good feelings about them. It is to see them in a particular way. Think about compassion as actually seeing them for more of who they are not just the part that frustrates you. When we go down this road, this is a path that causes us to see that other person more and more out of our hurt and our anger, right? 
Maybe, maybe you're a teenager and it's just like, and you're like, I am, I've had it with my mom and dad, right? Like the demands they put on me, the thing, their, their, their logic for why I should be, you know, it was back, you know, Glenn, you don't understand. My parents lived back when there were knobs on TVs, right? And it's just like, and you just feel that narrowing, right? Of the view. Compassion says, okay, how do, how do I see them in a truer, broader way? And what that results in, and one way this word gets translated somehow, sometimes, excuse me, is tenderhearted. When we see that other person in a broader perspective of, of the complexity of who they are, we tend to become more tender with them because we take into considerations their hurts, their frustrations. We take into consideration their view of how maybe they're seeing it. You may still disagree with them, but you can go, but I can appreciate from their view that maybe they would think about this differently. So let me give you three questions on how to apply this. Um, three quick questions uh, here. First one is this, and, and like write these uh, down. Maybe I'll even, um, I'm not, well, we'll see. Write these down just to make sure. Um, what does this person care about most? That person you're in, you've got, to, wh what are their deeper cares? You might find that you share some, or you might find that they've got some really honorable cares in all of this. Second question, what's the hardest part about this for that person? We don't often think about, is this creating tension for this person? right? We get into that argument with someone, you know, maybe it's our spouse and it's that, that argument that we get into again and again and again. And it's, and we only think of like, they're just being hard headed. They're not seeing logic. They're not. Like, and what we fail to understand is what if there's something hard for them in this? There's worries for them, right? There's past history for them. This, they've got a different history than you do in this. And just understanding that, maybe softens how you interact with them in all of this. Third question, what if they're not the enemy, but my neighbor? What if that coworker that I'm just like, uh, what, if, what if I could look at it and go, what, what if they're not my enemy? They're my neighbor, my coworker. They're, they're, they're just trying to get something done. They're actually not trying to sabotage me as much as maybe I think they are in this what if they're my neighbor? And here's what I wanna challenge you with on this. Ask those questions and actually think about them and process them with that person that you find yourself disagreeing with or in tension with uh, so much. Practice those questions on a weekly basis. Now, last thing here, and I'm not gonna take much time with this. Um, uh, he says to forgive. So the last thing here is forgiveness. And, and what I'll say about this is like, right, we could do whole sermons on forgiveness, but just keep this in mind. There's gonna be moments where you're gonna get hurt by somebody and you're, we're human, right? You're gonna, when we feel hurt, we're gonna feel angry at times. If we see something that feels unjust or unfair to us, like we're, that's good. It's not easy to just let that go. There will be moments where we'll reach a point that even as we respond in kindness and compassion, there's moments that we're gonna to have to turn and say, and I love how Paul puts this. It's not just forgive them. He says, tap into a little bit of that. Remember how God forgave you, right? Remember how God forgave you? 
out of that appreciation and gratefulness that you and like every one of us can go, yeah, I've got some wrongs in my life and God was gracious enough to forgive me. I'm going to tap into that. And sometimes I need to just go to the point where I'm going to just forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. Here's the other thing I want to say about the forgiveness piece. Don't think of this as a one-time thing. Don't go, okay, I forgave them and now I'm mad at them again. What do I do now? Think of forgiveness as an ongoing process that you're going to have to come back to maybe multiple times. But the beauty of it is in our world where it's so easy to find ourselves, right, going down this and where we end on this, it's not the beautiful dream. That's not what I want for you. That's not what Jesus wants for you. That's not why we gather as a church. And what Paul is saying is, there's another road. Take some steps really practically of kindness and compassion. And when you need to, be forgiving. And this road, um, it's not gonna be fair because it wasn't fair that I was forgiven or that you were forgiven from God. But this is a beautiful place to be. This is the place we want to be. This is the place where we come to love and enjoy the people that God has blessed us with around us in all of this. It's just a little complicated sometimes, isn't it? But we have a path to 